Thank you for tuning in to the Rose Metal Podcast, hosted by Emily Rose, and this is the show where we talk about being an athlete and life after sports. In this episode with Kate, we talk about how she manifested her job working at Hoka, how she transferred from Colorado to OSU, and handling setbacks. It's a really good episode, but before we get into it, I wanted to quickly tell you about what Rose Metal is and how you can support us. Rose Metal is a nonprofit with the mission to provide resources and support to current and former athletes. That could look like funding for a hobby, you know, something that an athlete can do that's outside of their sport. A scholarship to help an athlete find a career that maybe they didn't have the time to study for while they were a student athlete. Mental health resources, anything along the lines of helping an athlete that's current or former and ways that you can support us. You can listen to this podcast. We share interviews like this and we also do random topics that have to do with being an athlete. Go to our website, rosemetalfoundation.org. And on that website, you'll see that we have a store, rosemetalfoundation.org forward slash athlete apparel. All of the proceeds of the merchandise go straight to the mission you can donate to us, you can share your story, you can contact us if you are interested in sharing your story at info at rosemetalfoundation.org. You can see us on social media, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, we're at Rosemetal Foundation. Twitter, we're at rosemetalorg. Last thing, please rate and review the show if you liked it, and please share the show, that would really help us a lot. Okay, let's get into the show now. Welcome to the Rose Metal Podcast. I'm Emily Rose, your host, and today we have a guest, uh, Kate Intile. Kate Intile ran track and cross country at Oregon State. She finished up in the fall of 2022 with a cross country season as a beaver. She graduated with her bachelor's degree in business analytics and her MBA in marketing. Her boyfriend, Adam, was also a collegiate athlete, but at a different school. They're finally together in Portland, Oregon right now. In her free time, she enjoys hanging out with her nieces and nephews, going skiing, being in the beautiful Oregon outdoors, and cheering for the Trailblazers. So thank you for being on the show, Kate. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So how, how's it going? How's your day? Pretty good. I'm a uh, pretty slow work day, so nice to take a break. And I've been kind of buried in my laptop all day, so nice to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and have a little social interaction, but it's a sunny day in Oregon, which is always nice. Um, and headed into a long weekend. So that's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So you're working at Hoka, right? Yes, I am. So how did you get your job at Hoka? Um, I have loved Hoka (laughs) for a long time. Um, I started wearing them in high school. My dad was wearing them and he was like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta try these. He had had back surgery. Um, so I, tried them on when he swore by them and I ended up really liking them and wore them for a while and then in college obviously schools with Nike contracts tried to switch over to Nikes and just didn't work out well so I seen my hokas I just started really paying attention to their branding um, as I was studying marketing and business I just really loved what they did with their product and I have kept an eye on their job postings regularly probably for the last three years or so um, just curious if anything was to open up in my realm and luck of the draw about two months before I graduated, I saw a job posting. Um, so I applied and I did some LinkedIn stalking and found <laughs> if I knew anyone 
who like had a connection to someone at Hoka um, just to see if there was any way I could get in. And I found an old coworker from a running store I had worked at who was connected with someone who worked at Hoka. So uh, cold called her kind of and said, hey, I'm a Hoka freak. I love the product. I'm graduating. This is just perfect timing. Um, do you have, I applied for this position, but if you could send my resume forward, that would be great. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you messaged me. They're already interviewing people because um, I had been really like, in hindsight, I didn't need to do this, but I was so nitpicky about my cover letter and my resume. Like this was the most important one I had submitted anywhere. Um, and she was like, give it to me like now, I'll just send it forward to them. So she pushed it through. And then at Thanksgiving, they told me I had the job. So oh my gosh, the stars yeah. were aligned. They were, they really were. And she's like, oh, how did like, how did you find out about Hoka? I was like, well, I refresh your job postings about once a week. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think they, I actually, this is so corny and I debated doing it or not, but my dad was like, just do it. It'll get their attention. So on my cover letter where you'd usually put your headshot, like photo mm -hmm. I took all of my hokas and I lined them up in like a heart shape <laughs> and they were like that was really corny but like we liked it like we want someone who likes the brand so it worked I was like yeah. well, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> well yeah I just love how the stars align for you because you know being a runner it's really important to have a really good brand shoe and it's like you're a huge fan of this brand and then you know, it just works out perfect timing when you graduate. That is so cool to me. Yeah, it was, it was super exciting. And again, like I, it's fun for me to stay close to the running community in this way. Um, you know, now that I'm graduated and not competing anymore, yeah. so I'm still in it, but in a totally different realm. Um, and as I kind of grew up as a runner in the last couple of years, I've really started noticing, you know, the brands that I stand behind and the brands I don't. And just how they treat their athletes and what they encourage of their um, athletes and of their consumers. And I just right. stand by everything Hoka does. Um, they actually, something really cool that's coming up is they're sponsoring a blind racer. And I've never oh. seen any brand do something like that. And that's something that I feel so passionate about is everyone can race, everyone can run, everyone can be athletic. And I think Hoka stands for that. So it yeah, the stars aligned and I'm really lucky to be here and I enjoy it so far. I love that. And um, it's it's more than just a shoe. It's everything yes. that, they, that they stand for. Because, you know, there's plenty of shoe options, you know, for the actual physical totally. shoe. Um, but what's crazy is I never heard of Hoka and I've always had like issues with finding shoes that fit right for me. And yeah, uh, someone told me like, you should get Hoka. And it's crazy because, like, I was just told about that, like, a week before I got on the phone call with you. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this this brand is really up and coming. Yeah, they are. They're growing, like, crazy. And it's, you know, now that I'm behind the scenes, I can see some of those, like, growth pains and gains, um, yeah. which is fun. But they're catching traction. Often when I say we're for Hoka, people who aren't in the running community don't know what I'm talking about. But if I show them a picture of like this massive chunky shoe, they're like, oh yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> um, so they're definitely an eye catcher, but they're trendy now. I mean, the bigger the platform, the better right now. So it's kind of fun to watch the brand shift into lifestyle um, clothing. And I've been wearing them as like 
lifestyle shoes for a while and I got made fun of for a while and now they're trendy <laughs> so actually they're trendy now like I don't I don't even think that they're ugly they're they're yeah, trendy they're... and I see them all the time at the gym now and I see them everywhere. yeah yeah it's fun and I I think that's the fun part is all kinds of people wear them you know healthcare workers are one of our biggest consumers um runners obviously trail it's so it's cool to see how they work for everyone and how they really try to accommodate everyone yeah what do you think is the Hoka is like known for then I mean, they're really known for, I think, their trail and just that high cushion for more rugged running. And that's part of how they started in France was as a trail shoe. Uh Um, So especially in Europe, that's where they're positioned. But I think just high cushioned running is what they're known for and kind of the leader in. And it's getting more popular. You know, people are running a lot of mileage. People get injured there's a lot of sidewalk like a lot of people just have to run on pavement every day and it's just a great shoe for that so yeah um I've heard it being compared to on because on yeah. has a lot of cushion but Hoka I heard like it doesn't only give you like one narrow shoe option and like it gives you wide options too yeah they come in wide they come in extra wide um they come in huge sizes I just like walked past this shoe on the counter that was like a size 16 4e which is like double wide like huge (laughs) shoes so again they just fit everyone and um they're certified by a lot of podiatrists as really orthopedic shoes but at the same time there are young people wearing them too so I just love that they speak to a large audience and not only in their product but in who they sponsor you know a lot of athletes that we sponsor maybe once were track athletes and performing at the most elite level and now they're slowing down a little bit but still doing you know really hardcore stuff but some people who retire from track and maybe think oh I want to race 50k trail races and Hoka's just like sure we'll sponsor you we love it you know they're just accepting of anyone's journey anyone's path no matter if they're an Olympian on the track which we have um, or they're running a master's 100k in France in the the trails you know it's just they they really cater to everything, which is fun. Or they're blind. Or they're blind, yeah. And they're running with assistance. I mean, it's really, really crazy, the the breadth of this brand. And so I've enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I love that so much. And every athlete needs shoes. So um, yes. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, like, I, you know more than me about this, but especially like the running, um, like, track cross-country sports but yeah every single athlete needs something to train in right so yeah absolutely train or recover or you know instead of wearing some flat shoes around for school I wear my all white hokas and I think they're just as stylish and probably 10 times more comfortable yes. <laughs> than some of the other like trendy white shoes I see out there so yeah yes. I stand by it through and through obviously I'm very biased but um I've been a fan for a long time. And so it's really a dream come true to be working here and be in the behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah. I just love how the stars align for you being a fan of them for so long (laughs) before they, before they even like blew up recently. I have no idea how it is in the running industry, but I just know that it seems like they're blowing up now and it's so cool how the stars align for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay moving on to the next topic so you were at a different school before Oregon State so you almost quit running after you went to Colorado so 
What was it about Oregon State that made you change your mind? Yeah, I was at the University of Colorado for two years, um, transferred out, and moved home. I was a little bit lost. You know, I had kind of planned my four years around running and what that would mean. Um, And when it didn't work out, I was really heartbroken. I was just, I felt like I was letting people down. I was letting myself down. I wasn't enjoying it. So I was not (laughs) tempted to continue to try to push something or force something that wasn't working. Um, But I came home and I talked to my high school coach a little bit. He had been great throughout my whole um, high school career and my first couple years of college. And so I came home and I was like, what the heck do I do? Like, do I just go back to Colorado and finish my degree and just not run? Could I even see myself not running? Could I see myself being there and, you know, seeing my teammates, but not running? Or do I want to go somewhere else? If, if I do go somewhere else, I don't think anyone will take me. Um, I was not running well. I was injured. I left Colorado with a broken shin. Uh, and so I was just kind of debating through my options. And at that time, I really just wanted to be a little closer at home. I was homesick and being in a little bit of a hard position in my life, I wanted to be around my family and friends. And my high school coach said, I heard there's a new coach at Oregon State. And I think you should just go check it out. And I'm from Oregon, so it's just um, Corvallis, where Oregon State is, is like an hour and 10 minutes from my home. So I was coaxed into driving down there. (laughs) I emailed the coach. I was like, if you'll even have me, I'd love to just have a meeting with you. And he's like, yeah, sure. Come on down. Check it out. Um, I had known a girl on the team who was coincidentally best friends with my college roommate at Colorado so I had her Audrey as a connection and my other friend Maddie um, I ran against her in high school and she had hosted me at the University of Hawaii when I was looking to go run in college and then she transferred to Oregon State so I knew two girls on the team you know not very closely but I knew them enough to reach out and say hey just curious what you think about the coach before I was you know deciding to meet with him and they both just spoke volumes about what a great guy he was and what a great time they both had there so I was like okay I'll go meet him what does it hurt to see him at least see what he has to say and I went down with my dad and it was very unofficial he just kind of walked us around for a couple hours and showed me the facilities and talked a little bit about his coaching philosophy he had coached at Arizona State for like 16 years prior um, and coached some really successful af- athletes. His name is Louis Quintana. Um, and as we were sitting there, he was just, first of all, talkative, <laughs> which I wasn't used to as a head coach. He was honest. He was so um, attentive to what I was saying. He, I felt like he was really listening. He knew every single stat about every girl on his team. It was just like, he lived and breathed the sport and his athletes and cared about what majors they were in and what, you know, so-and-so's from this town or they have family here. Like it just felt so personal how he taught or how he treated his athletes. And so I left there being pleasantly surprised and on the drive home back from Corvallis to Portland, my dad just looked at me and he said, 
you know, if you still want to be done, I respect it. Even my dad was not, <laughs> neither of my parents forced me to do any sports. Neither of them were hardcore sports parents at all. Um, but he just said, you know, if you were ever going to run again, it should be for this guy. I have a really good feeling about him. Yeah. And so I emailed him back a couple weeks later and said, if you have a spot, I'll take it. <laughs> and if it's too late to apply to the school, I hope you can help me. <laughs> um, Cause it was super late in the summer that I decided to do this. So, you know, the transfer portal had closed. My credits were not going to transfer easily. I had a lease in Boulder still. So I needed to figure out somewhere to live in Corvallis and it was a mess. Um, but I just said, if you can help me get into the school, basically, I would love to be on your team. Um, and so he took me in and that's how I got to be on that team. That's amazing. And um, I just, it was in a minute, but it was like new to you that, that, that he was like passionate about the sport, passionate about the kids and the athletes. And uh, it, it's just, it, I've, I've had, multiple of your teammates on this <laughs> and they all say amazing things about that coach so it's just yeah it, it just seems like it really worked out with getting in touch with with that coach and being able to give yourself another chance to run again um but yeah you were you know uh in physically but you know mentally you were feeling down as well and and like I didn't realize you still had a, a lease still in in uh Colorado but yeah, yeah, I had a lease. I was enrolled in the next semester. It was quite the mess. Um, and again, I yeah, I was in a physical and mentally tough spot. And so just even the fact that he wanted to give me the time of day and even help me be on his team was a, a green light for me. You know, like he could have easily said, I don't want to take on this project. I don't want to get involved in academics. I don't want to nurse you back to health mentally and physically um but he didn't even bat an eye at it and so that just right in that meeting I knew that that was gonna be a pretty good combo and good fit he was just a great great guy well I'm really glad that you gave yourself a second chance to run again and it's you know I just because you had a bad experience at one place doesn't mean it's like that everywhere, which is like mind blowing for some people. And I'm sure that was like <laughs> how it was for you. Like being like, wow, this coach really cares. Like, wow. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It was like night and day. And again, when you're happy, you just run happy. So it, it just was yeah. a, a different fit, a different environment. And luckily Oregon state worked out for me. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys had a really good group of people on the team and, and, along with having a good coach that just makes a huge difference. Yeah. Really fun girls. And again, it was my junior year. It's kind of hard to transfer in your junior year. Everyone's kind of established yeah. with their friendships and I was leaving my friends in Colorado. So it was definitely hard, but everyone brought me in. And I know you've talked to a couple of my friends, Audrey, Lexi and Maddie, and they just really brought me in so quickly and I ended up living with both Lexi and Audrey during my time at Oregon State, and we're all still friends, so I'm really blessed that I got to have really two really close sets of friends from both CU and Oregon State, so it's fun that I got to experience two places. That was the, the silver lining to it. Yeah. The last time that I talked to you, I the uh, 
article hadn't come out yet, but I know that it has come out now. But um, basically, what did you learn from your experience at Colorado and how do you apply those lessons to your life now? And what can you say about the article that's come out? Yeah, this is kind of been a huge, I don't know, stressor (laughs) Um, in my life for almost a year now. Um, actually over a year of working on this and not something that's enjoyable and not something that's been easy by any means, but I sat on it for, you know, two and a half, three years before doing anything and still felt after that time that it was something I needed to do. And so I went to the administration at the University of Colorado and told them about my experience at CU. Um, I did not have a good experience. I didn't run the way I wanted to run, which is one small, small part of it. Um, but to be honest, what really bothered me was I didn't feel like I was treated with much respect, um, regardless of how I was running. And I bought into the program. I was beyond thrilled to go there. Uh, the best team in the country when I was being recruited and they accepted four of us. And I was one of the four that they let, let come on the team. And so when a legendary coach like Mark Wetmore says, you know, I want you on my team or you're the kind of runner that we like on our team. I just went um, and I trusted it and I bought in. And the first year I chalked it up to not doing well. And the second year I realized it was more of an issue of where I was um, personally. And also I think how that team operates and a bunch of my other teammates shared my sentiment, a bunch of teammates left or stopped running. And when I got out, I was really down. I had felt like I wasn't treated right as a person I wasn't treated right as an athlete um I trusted a lot of adults that I think didn't understand the weight of their words the weight of what they asked of us and so I started talking to old teammates um and seeing you know was it just me because I left feeling like it was my fault I messed up I threw away this opportunity I wasn't good enough Um, and what I learned in talking to people was regardless of how well any of us ran or how poorly any of us ran, uh, we all didn't think we were treated right. Um, and a lot of that comes down to topics surrounding nutrition. A lot of it comes down to just being a coach and caring about your athlete and more than the results that they're producing for you. Because like I said before, and I think this is what my coach at Oregon State did so well, is if you're happy, you will run well. And that, that idea was not fostered at CU when I was there. Um, so it was a long process of, you know, talking to administrators, talking to athletic directors. And at the end of the day, I shared my experience with the administrators And I said, you know, I know there are people who don't share this sentiment and two things can be true at once. 
an experience could have been very good for someone while it was very bad for someone else. And based on the people I've talked to, those polarizing experiences exist. And if you care to look into it, here is what we experienced. And that's kind of where that road ended for me. And it, it sounds short. It was like a year process to get that done. Um, but at that point, it was in the hands of the university and they chose to commission a formal investigation. And when that happens, especially at a public university, media outlets pick it up <laughs> and Runner's World picked it up and wrote an article. And that was a learning experience for me, you know, while I was thankful that they were willing to tell the story and um, their goal was to announce that there was an investigation, not present anything other than that, because the investigation will be finished in a report and it will be published and anyone and everyone can read it. Um, so their goal was to make an announcement, but it's journalism and <laughs> I don't get a say in how they write it or who else they talk to. And so it brought out some polarizing views and it's become quite a beast. I don't know. I'm sure if anyone's in the running community, they've seen, um, again, CU is a highly sought after program and coaches that are very well respected. And so a lot of people, responded I mean it, it really was 50 50 people in support of yeah I've heard some bad things about CU and also people who said you know Mark and Heather made me the athlete I am and a lot of people are successful under them so how can you argue that um so I learned a lot in this whole thing you know a from going to CU I think I learned how to first of all not put all of my self-worth into one thing such as a sport <laughs> which is hard. Yeah. Um, I learned to think a little more critically about what's being asked for me, for, from me and not to just blindly follow. Um, like for example, at 17, when they tell you to go in for a, a body comp test, I didn't even bat an eye, you know, everyone was doing it. I'm going to do it. And then at, you know, 21, 22, I was thinking that's, that should have been a choice for me. I shouldn't have had to do that. Um, I'm going to think a little more critically when, when things are asked of me. Um, and it really taught me this whole experience, both being coached there and the aftermath to speak up for myself. Um, because if I had talked to some of my teammates while I was still there, maybe we'd have, we could have found comfort in each other. Um, and sharing stories or create some change while we were there, um, you know, ask for a couple different policies, but no one wanted to talk about it. And I didn't have an adult there to go to <laughs> about it. Um, and so in this aftermath, I've learned how to communicate effectively, be open-minded. You know, I'm not saying by any means everyone had a bad experience. I know some people had very, very good experiences. And some of those people I was close to, or am close to, and that's great. I think we should learn from those and take the parts of the coaching and the culture at that school and team that were good, and also take the things that were bad and learn from them. And 
make it a better team. And again, they're one of the top teams in the nation. So if they have a cultural shift, I think other teams will have to also. I know CU is not the only program in the nation. Um, and a, there's probably not a single program in the nation of any sport that doesn't have issues. Um, but I think bringing this up was important. You know, I heard from people who were coached by the same coaching staff in 1999 uh, who had similar stories. So it was somewhat validating to feel like I wasn't alone and it wasn't my fault, but it was hard because it, it definitely, I, I put my name on the article or I told them they could use my name. I put my name on the document that I sent to the um, athletic department at University of Colorado. And so I kind of have been taking the hits, <laughs> if you will, for a lot of the aftermath and that's been tough, but it's been a good lesson in being open-minded, hearing other people out and finding a common ground because, you know, this article was polarizing and there have since been a group of former CU athletes that are in favor of the coaching at CU. And I think that's a dialogue that needs to be had because again, two things can be true at once. They could have had a great experience. I could have had a poor experience. Yeah. And I think there's things to learn from in both of those. And so I wish it could be an open dialogue between the two to find a common ground because at the end of the day, both parties are brave for speaking up. Yeah. And I think both parties have the same goal. And that is to make our sport healthy, safe, fun, um, protect the people who take part in it. And at the end of the day, you know, my goal, I didn't run the times I wanted to run and that's fine. I, but I am hopeful that I can leave a mark on the sport and leave it a little bit better than I found it. And I believe people who speak on both sides of this issue feel the same way. So I hope that, you know, the report is still yet to come out. Um, but I hope the report can be read as facts because that, that was the investigator's job was to gather facts. Yeah. And so that will be that and people can read it and then they can formulate their own opinions. Um, again, I'm hands off. I'm not an investigator. Um, okay. I took part in this investigation the same way all the other people did. Um, just telling my personal experience. And so I hope again, the sport, the school, um, everything will be made better because of opening this dialogue, but it definitely doesn't come easily and it hasn't been fun. <laughs> and yeah. it's just kind of, you know, something that weighs on my shoulders every day. And just when I think I'm kind of out from under it, it comes up again. But also that's what I signed up for in bringing this up. And I think the reward of making a better environment for student athletes hopefully at the end of this um in all sports all schools um will be worth it so it's been a big life lesson yeah like you said the the goal is to just make the running community better and for like people to learn from experiences it's not like you're trying to bring anyone down no and you know what if a lot of people are saying, you know, I want the coaching staff fired. And that's not my goal. My goal is to, it's, it's kind of like you have a boss 
and sometimes they ask for employee reviews, right? <laughs> and yeah. so here's my employee review and I don't want you fired, but I do think there should be some changes. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's where I'm coming from is I think there should be some changes. I think there are certain athletes that they treated fabulously. And what Louis Quintana was to me at Oregon state, maybe they were that for some people at Colorado. Um, but at least to me, when you're not in a professional world and you're in collegiate athletics, although it's competitive, maybe 1% will become pros. The rest of these people, your goal is to help them enjoy college, help them compete well and mold them into good human beings. And so I hope that with all of this, some coaches can be brought back into that mentality a little bit and realize, you know, it's easy to get, lo get lost in the competition and the winning aspect of it all. And that is huge. Of course, I understand that. And I understand I signed up for the top tier of D1 athletics. I get it. Um, but they, you know, and also I learned at Oregon State is they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can be a nice person and produce great athletes. Right. Um, and so I hope some coaches, I don't think their intent is to be mean. I don't think they are inherently mean, a lot of coaches. Um, I think they just get a little bit misled and lose sight of maybe what even brought them into coaching. And so I hope this opens up that dialogue. I hope it opens up a dialogue about nutrition and how we treat that, especially in our sport where it is a sport that has a body type that's more accepted um, and a fixation on numbers. And I hope, again, none of this is black and white. <laughs> none of this has an easy answer, but start the conversation, find some compromise. Um, so that's what I'm hoping to get out of it. And it's taken a turn one way or the other. Um, again, also, I didn't want it to be a social media battle by any means. Um, so it's been interesting to watch that play out and not get involved and also not try to read into it and get, get down. Um, it would be easy for me to go on Let's Run and read all of the, I'm sure, horrible things that are being said. Um, yeah. But I've been trying to avoid it and it's out of my hands. And yeah, I said internet, what I said, people said it. So the internet can be crazy. Well, I just wanted to like mention for any sport or any team, like not all coaching styles are for everyone, but I will yes. say like when there's like, like some coaches may not realize it, but they may treat other players differently yeah. or other athletes yeah. differently. Absolutely. And I think, I ran into that. And again, I'm the, probably the first to say I was not running well at Colorado. I was not. I hit a complete mental and physical wall. I can't even explain how it felt to race. It was just like out of body. I could not produce the way I was used to producing in high school. Um, but regardless of how I was racing, I wished I would have been treated better as a person. Um when I left Colorado, you know, I, they really left me in a tailspin. Like I said, I had signed a lease. I had enrolled in classes. I had friends. I had missed the transfer portal. I, had, I was too late to apply to a different college. Um, it was the night of our awards banquet and they removed me from the roster. Yeah. And so, you know, in my opinion, no matter, and I know this would happen to other teammates as well after talking to them, no matter my performance, no matter 
if they think that I am a waste of thousands of dollars, if they think that I am a waste of a spot on the team, give me the decency to talk about that right. sooner, earlier in a private setting. They did it in front of my team. Um, you know, I, I'm the, I agree. I was in no position to be on that team at that time with the times I was running. I know, but all I wanted was to be treated and at least given options, talk or, to you in a kind least, way. You know, coached. <laughs> yes. Like, have yeah. someone there to, to talk to you. Like, it's not like it's just going to magically get better without talking to you. Um, and yeah. clearly something was wrong. And like I said, like you could have been treated differently than other players or athletes were. And maybe that's why they had good experiences and you didn't. Um, and it's just no one, like, I don't think you're to blame for this at all. So I'm, really proud of you for speaking up and finding out that you're not the only one. (laughs) Yeah, it was, you know, validating and disappointing to to know that a lot of people experience this. But um, again, I think they're great coaches to some people. Uh, I did not have a good experience, but I learned a lot from it. I wouldn't take back anything I did. I wouldn't, you know, if I could go back, I would still go to see you. I made great friends. Um, I hit rock bottom in my sport and then was able to enjoy it again. Um, so it was a huge, huge learning experience. And um, unfortunately, it's an ongoing issue, <laughs> but someday it won't be. So I didn't read any of the articles about it, but the investigation is not done yet? Um, the investigation is done in that they're not taking interviews anymore. Um, but and again, I don't, I'm not privy to all the information that they have um, because I'm just taking part in the investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like they are compiling a report. Um, and a lot of that is editing and making sure people's statements are correct and taking names and years and any identifying factors out of it. So everyone is safe um, in their anonymity. Um, but it was supposed to be published towards the beginning of the year and obviously we're about two months out so um we'll see it honestly should be any day now but i've been saying that for a long time and last time i talked to them they said you know it's just a lot of eyes have to see this before it goes out so i think that's where they're at all right so it'll come out any any moment now so yeah yeah it'll come out and again public university so it's a public document um so if anyone's curious, you can read it. I'm, I'm sure there will be loads more drama to follow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I'm sure it'll be a game changer for the whole um, running industry, too. So, I mean, it sounds like something that's like, you know, kind of nerve wracking for it to come out, but also kind of exciting for some real change to happen. Yeah, I, I hope some good change comes from it. I hope some coaches at other universities maybe do an internal check and audit of how they coach and how they handle their teams um and I hope it just starts you know a better dialogue about uh, and you know athletics are changing it's like collegiate athletics are changing um what once was accepted isn't anymore and I think that's for the better I think a lot of people suffered in silence for a long time so I think talking about mental health and athletics is super important you know there's podcasts like this there's tons of instagram accounts the hidden opponent you know lots of places that are starting to speak on this kind of stuff so i hope this can add to it and just make sports a better place you know in the end of the day 
sports are fun. They're supposed exactly. to be fun. And um, you know, so I hope it can return. You know, it, it wasn't like, you know, it was bad when you went to another school and you all of a sudden are like back to running well again and find, yeah. find yourself enjoying life and your sport. And um, you were not the only one that was removed from the roster that year, right? Uh, correct. And there's been multiple occurrences of this happening at at CU. Correct. Yep. That's which, yeah. <laughs> which again, I, you know, th- there's a lot of facets to this, and this is something I wish I had known in my recruiting process. Um, is they are a top team in the nation, and if that's their policy that you have to maintain certain marks to stay on the roster. I, I understand, <laughs> you right. know, that, that, that is probably what it takes to be the top team in the nation. Um, that was never spoken to me. That was never spoken to my parents. Um, that was not even, I didn't even think feasible um, for that to happen. And so I wish that they would have brought that up to me during my visit that, you know, this is a top tier program. And because of that, we have certain marks you need to hit. And if you don't hit them, your spot is gone. Um, If I had known that, I can tell you now I would not have gone, you know, I didn't want that stress. Or you Um, would have at least prepared yourself to get into the portal or something. Totally. If I knew I wasn't hitting marks, then I would have said, Hmm, let me reconsider this, you know, at the semester, let me see what I really want to do. Um, but there was no dialogue. I felt blindsided by the whole thing. Um, so yeah, and maybe it was a miscommunication. Maybe, maybe I should ask more questions. Um, I, I don't know, I, yeah, but I don't know. I, <laughs> I just don't think that's normal and maybe that's just my outside perspective. I, I just know like, yes, cuts happen, but I don't, I, I feel like there should have been communication. That's just me having a little bit of an outside perspective there. But um, yeah, for anyone that's interested in more details, you can look out for this in- investigation. I think we'll probably leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, again, I have no idea what's in there. I only know my interview with the investigators, but it is a separate party doing it and they've been very kind. And everyone I've talked to who's taken part has said that they were kind and they're hearing both sides of the story again, um, you know, in defense of the program and um, also people who say they didn't have a good experience. So they're hearing both sides. They're collecting the facts. At the end of the day, they're not making a recommendation to the school. They are just presenting the findings. Um, So we will see where the facts land. And again, they're different. (laughs) They're they're going to be different facts. Um, And that's that's okay. That's definitely, I think that's fair. Um, and just, you know, it's, it's good to point out that there were two very different sides to this. So yes. I don't, I don't know yeah. how often that happens. Um, I know in softball, it doesn't really happen that often where there's a bunch of different stories and different opinions, but, um, I don't really know the running industry that much. So, yeah, I think it just comes from, you know, running's a little bit more of an individualistic sport, right? Um, so I think that's where everyone's experience can be so different, even in cross country, it's so individualistic. Um, so yeah, everyone has their story. Everyone's entitled to share. Um, I know there's a lot of talk of people saying they felt like they weren't reached out to by investigators. 
Um, and to that, I would say, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, their information was public. I believe it might've even been included in the Runner's World article. And they adopted a one and done policy of trying to contact people um, for the fear of badgering people, um, you know, like they, they gave a call and if they didn't get a call back, they didn't want to keep harassing this person to give a testimony. Um, so I think that unfortunately got miscommunicated about and people took that as um, they didn't want to hear certain people's stories. And so to that, I would say again, I'm sorry. It, it, not, that, not that it was yeah. my doing, um, but I understand where they could be coming from. And okay. I think that was a miscommunication and investigators did the best that they could with their timeline. Um, the doors were always open to talk to them, but I, I hear people, but I don't think, um, I don't think that will influence the investigation. They have set statistics of how many people they have to speak to before they can call it, um, you know, somewhat conclusive or somewhat holistic. Um, and so they follow the, they follow those measures. And so I think it will be a fair assessment. That's good. Both yeah. sides. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I hope it makes some good change and whoever doesn't get to share their story. That's the beauty of social media. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just think it's, it's going to be good to at least put it out there and, you know, make every coach better. Okay, we're going to move on to another topic. So your degree was in, you, you graduated with business analytics and MBA in marketing. So do you feel like you would have done a different degree if you weren't a student athlete? And you also mentioned um, credits not transferring well. Uh, do you <laughs> feel like being, being a student athlete had an effect in that? And what, what do you think about like the major with being a student athlete? Um, I loved my major and I had wanted to go into that from high school. So it wasn't like I wanted to be a doctor and I didn't get a chance to, you know, right. I feel like I did the major that I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to study business. Um, I would say the only hard part was I, or thing I, I feel like I missed out on maybe is I would have done a year abroad or something, which I feel like every athlete always says that is yeah. I would have done a, a term abroad or something. Right. So that would have been cool, but you know, it's fun now to have this time in my life to travel. So, um, I'm not too upset about that. Um, but I love my undergrad. I love my grad degree. That's, um, my MBA is probably something I wouldn't have done right away if I wasn't an athlete. Um, in that if I stayed at Oregon State, I got to do an accelerated MBA and I was able to have my um, athletics help me cover part of that. So I feel really lucky that I was able to get both an undergrad and a grad degree um, through running. So that was, I'm really fortunate to be able to do that. And I enjoyed my program and it was fun to continue to compete um, yeah. during my grad program. That's not, you know, I was one of the youngest people in my grad program. Everyone's career pivoters or coming back from the military. So, um, it was nice to be able to get it done, um, and come out of five years with an undergrad and grad degree. Yeah. But yeah, I loved the schools. I loved my experience. I loved Colorado's college of business too. Um, they have a very prestigious college of business that I got to be part of, and that was an incredible experience. And I still have people I talk to from that. Um, so I had really good academic experience 
both ways. Um, my credits <laughs> were another issue. Um, they didn't transfer. It was going from a semester school semester to, to yes. quarter. Yep. So that was the, you know, big hang up. But to be honest, back to that life lesson thing we talked about, at that point when I transferred, I was a little bit used to speaking up for myself. And um, so I spoke up for myself and I walked my way into the um, dean of the College of Business into his office and <laughs> sat down with him and I said, look, it's crazy that you're not going to accept accounting one for accounting one. You're not going to accept marketing one for marketing one. I, you know, these are creds that I took. I'm going to finish at your school, but I really need these to line up. And after a year or so, I got them to accept almost every single one of my credits. <laughs> so it was a lot of work. And again, it, I learned a big life lesson and how to talk to adults and communicate effectively. And I yeah. went back and collected all of my syllabi um, and compared them side by side. But ultimately, in the end, I was able to do my undergrad in four years, my grad degree in one, and it worked out as as well as it possibly could have. So I'm very yeah. thankful. Yeah. For anyone listening that doesn't know, Pac-12 schools are all quarter system and like the rest of the country is not. It's semester. Um, yeah. So I can't even imagine transferring between those like Pac-12 to like anything else because I don't know how that would work. But this is something that athletes, a lot of athletes, I feel like have figured this out or like the people that I, I know that know about this little hack or um, the situation is is athletes. A lot of students don't realize you can go in and talk to, you know, your advisor or yes. dean or whatever and talk about it. Like um, I've like I've had friends that literally were like, please accept this as this. And you have to have a really good argument. And then they're like, well, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you, you can talk to them. Totally. My, you know, and to be honest, my advisor, Oregon State, was not very helpful. And so I looked at her and I said, great, then who can help me? Like, right. who, point me to the next person because I'm not giving up. Right. Um, and that's what it took. It took a lot of work on my end to compare. Okay, here's the project I did here. Here's the project you required. This is why I think they're the same. Um, and again, it never hurts to ask. If you yeah. vouch for yourself, I think they were somewhat impressed that I was even willing to go to that degree. Right. And it saved me thousands and thousands of dollars and yeah. two years of school because they set, they wanted to set me two years back. So yeah, if you're transferring, vouch for yourself. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Don't take no as just the first answer. Um, you can you can always argue it and yeah. try to try to communicate your feelings on it. And you'll probably get a decent or at least a compromise. Right. As a result. Schools, schools are more flexible than you would think. Like when I was doing my grad program at Oregon, I, they literally changed class times for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have more. And again, this is, a, it was a weird student athlete thing because it was around the time of a lot of the issues with like, um, the celebrity students getting let in as student athletes and getting special privileges. And so to be honest, the Dean looked at me and he said, if you weren't a student athlete, this would be easier, but yeah. because you are a student athlete, we have to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's and we have to make sure this is 
sound and we're not making exceptions, but as long as you're transparent with them and you know, they looked at my grades, they looked at my level of activities. um, And at the end of the day, they're humans and they will understand that you're a human too. And no one has bad intentions and they right. were willing to help me out in the end. Yeah, because I think it's actually illegal within TAA or whatever to like actually be moving things specifically for yes. like because you're an athlete. Yes. But just knowing that they are flexible to work with your schedule because they don't want you to fail. Yeah. Like as yeah. a as a person. Like as a person, yeah. Because because like yes, you are having that schedule because you are an athlete, but also like everyone's flexible. Like yeah. It's I wouldn't say like I don't know. It's kind of a fine line. I don't want the NCAA to come after me, but, uh. <laughs> but it just never hurts yeah. to ask. That's yeah. what I learned is it just never hurts to ask. Worst right. they can say is no, maybe go to one more person, wait for one more. No. Yeah. Um, but it just never hurts to pursue it at least. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm glad we talked about that. Cause I feel like that's something that like people don't realize is like, they're more flexible than you would think. And you yeah, you, you may feel like you're special because you're an athlete, but really it's just, they, they want you to succeed as a person. Yeah. And when you're transferring, it's kind of daunting. There's a lot that goes into transferring other than your academics, you know, emotionally and logistically. And so it's just kind of another nightmare to have to deal with. Right. Um, but again, I enrolled, I started just taking some prereqs while I ironed this all out. It took a year to get it all cleared through them. But if you just, stay at it and stay patient it'll work out but it is something that's hard about transferring that's not really talked about and there's no uh path that is common you know there's no one way to do it which is hard as like a 19 year old to navigate that was tricky so yeah there's a good life lesson I my coach at Oregon State Louie he said this has been the most educational year for you you know not in terms of (laughs) academics at all but you're learning how to be an adult (laughs) it was so true I learned a lot about breaking leases subletting um (laughs) you know talking about my credits and tuition and it was a lot of life lessons (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was a big moment for you yeah I grew up fast in one year (laughs) yeah but I've never I don't know what Colorado is like, but I'm assuming it's a good school since you're saying you liked the business um, school. But, you know, academics is a huge part of being an athlete because you have to get your grades. You have to make sure your your professors don't hate you because yeah. <laughs> there's so much missing classes and stuff. And you want them on your side when you graduate and you're trying to get a job, you know? Yeah. Uh, and even, you know, in transferring, it helped that I had good relationships with them and I could go back and say, hey, can you vouch for me that I took your class and it's similar to what they're asking me to take now right and a lot of them were more than willing so yeah Yeah. make friends with your professors and foster those relationships because they could help you out in the end (laughs) yes exactly Uh, okay we're gonna move on to the next question what was one of your favorite moments while competing I think (laughs) honestly this is corny but I'm gonna steal Maddie's from your episode it was so special, such a shared moment. Um, all of us were in the 5K at Pac 12s um, for track one year. And it was just a fun trip. It was during the pandemic, so there were no families allowed. Um, so it was really five days where we all just got to hang out together, kind of nonstop. 
and really soak it all in and getting to the Pac-12 meet in track is hard because it's so much more of an individual achievement. You know, you've got to, your coach has to choose to take you on your roster. You've got to be able to make it into a heat. And so the fact that we all made it was so fun as friends because we've all had very bumpy careers. Yeah. Um, so the fact that everyone was healthy and racing and having fun, we all got to go share this meet together was just amazing and a meet that I never thought I would get myself to. So that was really rewarding. Um, I saw some of my teammates from Colorado and they were extremely friendly and the guys team was on one of the corners cheering for me the whole race. Um, one of my other teammates finished her race and she just looked at us and she said, wasn't that sunset just beautiful? Like it was just so like out of body, amazing race and you're just with friends and it was not about the results it was not about a win everyone was just happy to be there and lucky to be healthy and enjoying everyone's company and no distractions no fans it was just the most bizarre but happy race of my life it was really really special i love that and that's what sports is all about because you know yes we've like we've gone through these struggles. You may have gone a little bit more struggles than like, (laughs) but at the end of the day, like if you decided to quit running, you never would have had that experience. And totally. Yeah. Back and like, you know, enjoying your sport. It's that's what it's all about. And I love it. Yeah. And you know, in racing, it's rare that you have fun, to be honest, (laughs) you have fun when it's done, but it is not an enjoyable process. Um, versus I, I played other sports like basketball games were actually enjoyable. Um, racing is not so enjoyable. And yeah. so to have this one be just so fun was awesome. Um, and again, with my best friends by me and we had all had such different paths to get there and it was all of our senior years. Um, it was just really, really fun. I love it. And yeah, if you want details about this, go to any of the other Oregon State girls. <laughs> yeah, go to Maddie's episode. Maddie talked about it, I'm sure, more eloquently. But yeah. um, it was beautiful. It was so fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, moving on to the next thing. So you've only been done with competing for just a minute. So what do you anticipate the transition out of being a college athlete to be like? Honestly, it's been enjoyable. (laughs) I feel like I should be like lamenting workouts more than I am. Um, But it's been fun. I am enjoying the freedom of, you know, not having to run every day. I don't have to plan my weekend around a long run. I can just kind of do what I want to do. And I can ski and not have to run afterwards or before. Yeah. Uh, I am doing other stuff, even if it's going to make me sore, like I'll go to a weightlifting class, which previously I'd be like, oh, do I have a workout tomorrow? I don't want to be sore for it. Um, But now it's like, yeah, I want to go to a weight class with my dad and I'm just going to go. So that's been super fun. And I'm still able to run and do it for fun. And like at work, we have a Thursday morning run group. So I run with them on Thursdays, which is super nice and enjoyable and running in new places. But, you know, I'm really thankful that I had a 
good perspective on the sport when I left or when I, you know, finished competing. Again, if I had left Colorado and not, not continued to compete, I don't think I would run. I, like that just would not be my exercise of choice. It was right. so miserable for me towards the end, such a chore. There was no way I would on my own will choose to go for a run. But I was able to leave competing in the most beautiful position and that I was healthy. I am still able and wanting to run, but I'm not wanting to compete. Like I'm in that sweet spot of glad to not be competing, but glad to be running and at my own pace and at my own time of day. And maybe only once a week, maybe three times a week. It doesn't really matter. It's just been really enjoyable. And I'm so glad that I've had that perspective because a couple years ago I was like this is going to be a miserable transition Um, so it's been good and I feel like I've learned so much about not putting all my self-worth in my sport in the last couple years that it's made this transition really easy like I've been preparing for it and I know that I'm more than a runner and my day can have more to it than just a run um so it's been fine. The only thing that's been hard is like, when do I shower? Like it's it's, it's thrown off my daily yeah. schedule of like, okay, am I a morning shower? Am I a night shower? Like yeah. how does this work? Um, so that's been kind of funny and weird to figure out, but it's really been a fun transition and it's been so nice to try other things. I am so glad to hear that it's been a really good experience for you because it seems like your transition out of Colorado was your big transition. And lucky for you, you you got to experience all the hard stuff all at once <laughs> in the middle of college. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good to hear like that you, you know, you kind of got it figured out, it seems like. Um, but I mean, you may not, but, you know, you've, you are at a really big advantage right now with, um, experiencing all the struggle that you already did and it's like a little blessing in disguise kind of yeah Um, totally yeah so it's good that you're enjoying it and you know it's it's something that doesn't have to be so daunting like yeah you can have a good time yeah and like having a job has helped with that because I'm just forced into a different routine um but it really is nice to just have the freedom and I can travel if I want to travel and if I want to run, I can run. It's just, and I think coming to terms with that before you're done is really nice. Like I, I was kind of thinking about this transition before I even finished competing and just starting to be okay with the fact that I'm not going to be competing anymore. And these are some of my last hard workouts and that's okay. There are other things that I have to enjoy and other things that I want to do. And towards the end of my career, I was really noticing those times of like my family is going to go skiing and I honestly at towards the end I would have rather gone skiing than do a long run so you know to some extent it's burnout um but not to the point where I don't want to touch my running shoes it's you know a, (laughs) a healthy degree which um has been I'm lucky that you like you said I I did that big transition kind of already right came to terms with the fact that I'm more than just a runner and right. so it made this pretty seamless. That's super great. And I'm super happy for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up. Do you have anything else to add? 
Oh man, I just thank you for having me and of course. thanks to my friends for suggesting that I talk to you. I know we've talked a couple times and it's been enjoyable every time and I love what you're doing. I think it's so fun to hear, especially about different sports for me because I'm used yeah. to one world. Yeah. So it's fun to listen to all of your different episodes and all the facets that are part of being a collegiate athlete and beyond. Um, it's a cool kind of club that we're part of that we get to say we were student athletes at one time and talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the glamorous. Um, so I just thank you for giving everyone a platform for this. It's super cool. And I love what you're doing. Yeah. And thank you so much. It's been so great talking to you. This is one of our long podcasts because <laughs> We just got caught up in the conversation. So good. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm really looking forward to the impact that um, not only this podcast, but your story is going to make on sports and, (laughs) and we're just trying to make things better for everyone out here. So totally. I know leaving, leaving it better than we found it is what I like to say. Sport, you know, that's the point of a lot of these podcasts and Instagram accounts and everything. So yeah. um, Thank you for being a, a piece of it and hosting these conversations. It's been really, really fun. Well, of course. And yeah, it's been really fun having you on the show. So yeah, thank you. Thank you.